What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. This podcast is meant to be really conversational and casual, just a couple of leaders here at Fathom talking about faith and life and talking about how we can grow in our faith where it's really going on Monday through Saturday and not just on Sunday. So tune in, listen to the conversation and open your heart. We pray that this really helps. Hello and welcome to the Fathom Beyond Sunday podcast. I am Christina Scott here with Pastor Kyle Nelson. Hey everybody, back and at it another day. That's right, that's right. Another week. Uh, we Yeah, so this Sunday, you finished up a four-week series on the Beatitudes. How does it feel when you are wrapping a series, especially one that is this, you know, such a common text and a well-known text. What does it feel like to, to finish that? Um, I don't know with this one in particular, it felt like a marathon, like I'm collapsing, (laughs) but then only to like pick myself back up and, you know, speak it like a handful of sessions this weekend and, you know, be ready for the next series, you know? So it's an interesting an interesting feeling, but I think with his Beatitudes, thing, as common as it is, I, f- I really felt like it was a new dynamic for a lot of people, yes. like really grappling with this in our time, you know, and living this out and really how countercultural, you know. Um, yeah, I think too, this message is. I think too, um, you spoke to it a couple of different, um, on in a couple of different messages but I think I, I kind of had to wrestle with the idea that these are, though they are separate clauses and they are separate statements, this is one unified message in a very long sermon. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is yeah. the way he chose to open, a, a, you know, yeah. this, th- this ministry, right? This announce this, this kingdom. And so I really love the idea of, of looking at it, not just as like, Hey, let me pick out this one or two, but really looking at it as For this sure. unified message of all of those things together. So that was something that though I've read it, you know, whatever, a hundred times or something like that in the past. Um, and it's been part of studies that I've done, Bible studies that I've done and things like that. It was still really fresh for me. So, um, yeah. So this weekend, um, instead of just two verses, you went four to wrap it up. <laughs> I didn't do it. I just, it was time and yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot. Jesus. We already talked about two verses was a lot know, per week. It really is. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and read verses nine through 12 in Matthew chapter five. Um, and we'll, we'll get started. We'll kick off this conversation. So Matthew chapter five, verse nine starts with blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Yeah, rejoice. Rejoice. You're going to be persecuted. <laughs> right. Hooray. Yeah. I I really struggled. I, I prepared a lot um, to say righteousness is his sake. I, I just wanted to add a couple extra S's on <laughs> righteousness. Is, there's a apostrophe there. Apostrophe so. on the end. <laughs> Possessive. Right. Righteousness is his sake. Right. I, I almost did it as a joke. Like, let's all say righteousness is his sake. <laughs> 
But just just to really highlight like what persecution Jesus was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's important that we understand like it's not for our opinion, not right. for you know our whatever, <laughs> yeah, our existence or or whatever. It, it's for righteousness's sake and and for the account of Jesus um, when when they utter all kinds of evil. Evil, and I didn't really go into this on Sunday, but some of the things that that the first century church was getting, how they were being persecuted. Like Jesus was literally not only preparing us, he was preparing his disciples right. for that. And and I don't know, maybe I did talk about the martyrdom of, of the disciples, but it, it's words and deed. And so in words, like first century church was, they were called like cannibals. Right? Wow. Why would you guess they were called cannibals? Because of communion? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, a, a gross misinterpretation of um, of the Lord's Supper, right? You all can't see me, but my mouth is hanging a, open. A I am agape. <laughs> um, they were also called extremely immoral in society. Why would, why would you guess they were called extremely immoral? I have absolutely no idea. I'm yeah. still struck the by church. the cannibalism thing. Oh, yeah, they get better. Um, they were called extremely immoral because of their and I'm quote unquoting their private love feast because in their culture, everything was done in public. Uh-huh. Meetings were held in public. Okay. And so people gathering in a home, loving one another wow. was grossly misinterpreted Wow, to mean something that was extremely immoral in that society. Interesting. And it, yeah. So these private home gatherings were, were quite the, the to do at the huh. time. Um, What's another one? They were called real re- revolutionaries, which we might not be super surprised right. with. But After was, our podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Right. <laughs> but um, much of that was to do with the pronouncement of Jesus returning. Right. Um, is an, another one. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so they were they were beaten up a lot um, when it comes to, uh, to, to words. Right. Um, but also physically. You know, the disciples were um, really persecuted physically, and we can look to that. Yes, You know, we, right. we, we've heard of that and hear how persecution has taken place. Some of that is is written, um, you know, and those records are in our Bible, and some of it is just common history, knowledge. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they were they were called, they were um, accused of, of splitting families up. Mm, right? right, because of leave like follow me right this if if they if they're not going to come with you like forsake your family and and come to me and yeah. so then the idea that that is intentionally splitting well family. and creating conflict between right. a spouse who comes to christ and you know and another who disagrees and they're, they're splitting their family up right you know and, and so and G, and what's interesting about jesus's words on peace is the one phrase in which you said, I did not come to bring peace. Right. <laughs> he actually says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm-hmm. And so we just, you know, and then what he says after that is clarifying to what he says before that, right? Right. When he says that, because in so many other places he's talking about peace, he literally puts a man's ear back on when one of his disciples <laughs> cuts somebody's <laughs> right, ear off. Right. So he's literally saying, we're not that kind of revolution. Right. <laughs> it's not how my kingdom's going to be won. Um, but he says to 
to divide homes. Like this is going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. He was saying this is a reality. Like it, it's not all going to be a bed of roses. There are right. going to be some parting of ways. Or, right. You know. Well, and, and then even the scripture itself says like that is God sent his son so that everyone would come to him and that none would perish. It's not his desire that these homes would be split or no. that this conflict would, would happen. Not. That's not his desire. It's just the reality. Yeah. Um, they were called you know, treasonous too, right? Um, which might not be too surprising because they wouldn't bow down and worship the emperors, and, right? You know, um, leaders of that time. You know, physically, disciples were of course martyred. Peter crucified upside down. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul beheaded. Right. Andrew crucified, probably somewhere in the Soviet Union. Thomas pierced by spears of four, probably somewhere in India or Syria. Um, Philip was cruelly tortured and killed, probably in North Africa, somewhere in right. Asia Minor. James was clubbed to death. So these were very intense, you know, physical realities that those disciples hearing this, you know, came to. And then even all of those people that we don't have necessarily um, records of, of how they died, but then they were imprisoned wrongfully and left to just be Mm -hmm. not cared for well. And we're not Mm -hmm. talking about imprisoned in some cushy, like cable and <laughs> there's <Yeah>. a gym. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, I got off on a tangent there just on some <laughs> other things in my study last week that I didn't make it into the message on Sunday, but that's all um, really interesting to me. So I'm glad you went off on your tangent. Yeah. Your tangent so, works well, for me. What do we want to chat about today? <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about something at a lot of what um, you s- spoke about on Sunday was specifically about how we respond to or, or what ways and specifically how Esther responded to persecution. I really kind of wanted to talk about that first verse, that verse nine, um, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. And really what, what peacemaking looks like, you know, somewhat in the, in that face of persecution, but also just in general, what peacemaking looks like and, and the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping and how intentional it it is that makers of peace and not just keepers of the peace, Mm -hmm. um, and really kind of talk through some more of that time on, on peacemaking since we've you had such a great illustration for what to do in the face of persecution. And I think that really resonated with people. Let's talk a little bit about peacemaking. Yeah. Cause I connected those just in the way I'm, mm-hmm. I kind of put the series together. I was kind of coupling ideas together and then trying to bring them with a narrative in right. scripture, Esther, Joseph. Um, but it, it stands alone. Uh, this oh. principle stands alone to, right. to not just persecution. So I think it is very important that we take some time and kind of explore mm-hmm. Just well, our daily relationship and role in, in peacemaking. Right. And I think you spoke specifically, you know, right there as you're wrapping up your sermon. And I think it's so important that we don't look at ourselves as the Esther in the story. Like we don't put ourselves and go like, how am I being persecuted right now? Because in comparison to what's happening around the world, very often the people who are listening and the, you and I sitting here mm-hmm. talking, persecution is an overstatement mm-hmm. of the things that we're yeah. we're going through. So highlighting that and really talking about like, how are we being persecuted? That's not really, <laughs> that's not our everyday. I, I, I think I said it like this, don't call everything persecution, don't call nothing persecution. Right, yes. right? Just, <laughs> right? just yeah. understand what it is. But um, yeah, this peacemaking thing, you know, sometimes we're the third party Right, we're caught between two friends or a yes. mom and a sibling who can't get along. 
right. um, or a dad and a sibling who can't get along and they're fighting and you're the middle person now, right? Mm-hmm. And you just, it's a terrible place to be and everybody gets stuck there at some point, um, most likely. Um, but then the other times, our peacemaking is because someone has hurt us or right. we've hurt them, yes. you know, and we are an offending or offender party. And I, I think it's worthwhile to explore not just the reactive things we do to make peace, but the proactive things we do to make peace. Yes. Um, you know, the, the proactive, and, and I think they go before there's ever a real issue and when the issue is, is very present in both parties' lives or, or uh, in the situation, you know, and I, I think just the proactive things of not being so easily offended, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that's a huge thing. Why, why do you think that is so big? I mean, because, I mean, we're human. We've got feelings. And, right. 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 I think, you know, and we've we've talked about this you know, before we hit record today and talked about this outside of this, you know, specific context, but we are being baited mm. constantly. Yeah. The, we are being baited constantly. We are, um, and, and with the way, with the, the speed and the frequency with which information is passed in our society, in this, in this world that we're in, um, that we're living in right now, there is just a constantly a way to be offended if if that's our posture, if that's our, um, our focus is like, how can I be mad today? Well, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to be mad about something today. If you want to be, if that's what yeah. you want. Um, and I just, I have this friend and she is really, I mean, she is this tangible gift in my life of a person who is intentional to, to not be offended, to mm-hmm. not take offense Um, we, I've, I've walked through and, and counseled her on different, um, situations in her life. And I am just constantly blessed by how she says, I've got enough. I've got enough to wrestle with already. I don't need to take on new offense and, and then have to wrestle with that too. Right. I've got enough going on. And I just, it is, it is really just a beautiful thing how she's able to that is a mindset. Mm-hmm. That is a place yeah. she has set her heart and set her mind. And when the opportunity comes for her to be upset a about choice, something, yeah. she is making a choice. Like she knows she's been given a choice. Um, that's something that, that God has spoken to her and spoken in her life. And then now is speaking through her mm-hmm. that we have a choice. And so it's just a real encouragement to me um, because I'm a very, I'm an emotional being. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to always respond in emotion, but I, I tend to. And so it's just such a, a blessing to have somebody who is saying, you have a choice. Yeah. You can take on, you can take on offense or you can, you can look and go, Hey, all right, maybe that wasn't the intention or maybe that wasn't the point. Or even if it was the point, you still don't have to, even if the point yeah. of someone's comment or someone's actions was to offend you, you still actually don't yeah, have to take on absolutely. that offense. And I come, my, what comes to my brain is the Ephesians four. I think it's Ephesians four passage down at the bottom of the chapter. I think it's Ephesians four. Um, don't give the devil a foothold. Mm-hmm. And that whole foothold is very much a, a militaristic terminology to like 
don't let the enemy behind your lines, right? You remember capture the flag? Right. We used to put yes. capture the flag out in the middle of the woods and we'd do like paintball capture the flag like <laughs> as a kid. And it was, it was fun. And there was like this ravine. There was like this little creek. And this was like the coolest place to do capture the flag. It and, sounds cool. Oh yeah. It was just an amazing space. And if, <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that like every dad, when they drive back through their hometown, that parking lot over there. Did you see this? No, I haven't that seen parking it, lot. but I I'm watching pl- you do it. I used to perfect. play in those woods and it's a car lot right now. Yeah. Yes. Every day. That's so great. Yeah. So I literally, in that car lot there on I-4, um, we uh, we used to play capture the flag out there and there was a ravine and, and that was a big thing. We didn't want to let them across. I let them across the creek. We didn't want to let them. And that's exactly what we do when we let a fence, you know, reside in our heart and our head. Wow. Um, And and we just, I mean, what a difference. We can stop. Like we we don't have to have all the stuff of peacemaking sometimes if we'll just stop there. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Um, And and so that, that is a proactive choice we make. And so, you know, I, I think it's like, we can treat the symptom or we can treat the cause, right. you know? And so for me on this peacemaking conversation, I think it's really important to talk about both, you know, absolutely. Cause we're not always gonna be perfect at catching the enemy before he gets behind enemy lines. And no. we got to deal with the unforgiveness. We got to deal with the resentment. We got to deal with the anger, frustration, um, or jealousy, you know, whatever it might be. That's, you know, um, given that the enemy that foothold. Right. But know? if we can start with, Oh, let's let's not even go there. <laughs> let's not even yeah. go there. Or even that the idea of did I did I just even is it me? Is it did I maybe mishear something or mis misread something? I think yeah. we can do that too. And I think everything else Jesus gives us is really a pathway for the three la- la- layers of peacemaking, right? A peace with God, mm. you know, peace of God and mm-hmm. and peace with others. Um, that, that I addressed what Jesus laid out there, poor in spirit, right? So not coming from a place of of pride to think I'm always in the right, right? You know, but a sense of poverty of spirit that says, if not for the mercy of God, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy to come. You know, um, a sense of mourning over my, my own role in that. Hey, right. I'm sorry for for my place in this, and never just saying, oh, it's just them. No, no, I. I recognize that I allowed the enemy in here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not taking that on you. I'm, I'm going right. to direct it towards the enemy. Right. You know, because right. because it is a not, common enemy. <laughs> we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's right. Um, and so always recognizing that I think is so important in this proactive side of it. And even in the reactive side, Hey, where's the enemy at work here? And where's right. God at work at here? And, right. I, and I'm going to call out um, where, where Satan's baiting me. Right. Um, to bring divisiveness because God is a reconciler and mm-hmm. Satan is a divider. Right. Um, if he can get us separated, if he can get us not fellowshipping together, uh, us not connected as the body of Christ, us disconnected from, um, from, from doing ministry together and doing life together, then well, we're, we're weaker. Right. We're weaker. We're isolated and we're more vulnerable to deception. We're more vulnerable um, to... Um, to, to just falling down and not getting back up. And um, yeah, and that's where enemy would love us. And, and God definitely is not his design for us. Right. Wow. It's, it's interesting that so much of what we're covering um, lately just all feels like so much overlap. It feels like 
there's a lot of overlap in these in whether the stuff that we're doing on Wednesday nights and the stuff that we're doing on Sundays and then what each of us have in our own, you know, our own Bible reading or what God is bringing in our lives, what we're hearing, you know, songs we're hearing on the radio and things like that. I'm hearing a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, not just at our small table where we're discussing things, but, you know, in the in our church body, yeah. there is a ton of this overlap and how um, what it means to to trust God and to rest in him that we don't always have to be our defender. I guess that's where I'm going with this is that right now, you know, we're talking about rest. We've been talking about rest on Wednesday nights. Um, And if you haven't heard those messages, if you haven't been able to be part of those messages on Wednesday night, all of those recorded messages are on YouTube. Please Please, I'm saying not not on not on Kyle's behalf, but like please, just go and watch those. There's really fantastic teachings on Sabbath and on rest and and what that practice, what that spiritual discipline will do for your life, um, and how it is practiced for kingdom work. But um, if you have been a part of that, and this has felt like overlap to you too, I hear you, I see you, because so much of this idea of God being our defender and God still working when we're not working and like that has to me so much to tie in with this um, of of peacemaking and keeping your mind set on why do we want peace? What do we want peace for? Not just for our day-to-day to be easier to deal with, but because that's drawing people to kingdom stuff. Yeah. And so I just love that so much of it feels, um, you know, we started out this year and doing a, and this overarching story and how the Bible is one unified story made up of a bunch of other story, a bunch of smaller stories, but how unified it feels right now on all of these different things that we're learning. Yeah. Yeah. This. So just to, to spend a few moments on the peacemaking side, just in relationships and um, kind of deal with um, so the different sides of that. I think I, I said, yeah. hey, either you're a third party or you're right. one of the two parties in which um, there's there's an issue. And, um, you know, I, I I think it's important that I, I think where I started a Sunday is the first two points were just like understand what does it mean to be faithful right Mm -hmm. right like and faithful doesn't always mean success and we're now singing kumbaya (laughs) right around the fire together and we're having each other over for meals you know whether that's um uh, with an ex-spouse right and we're we're dealing with things where we're, we're caring for kids and we're in this whole new dynamic and there's just tension and history all this stuff right, right. or you know whether it's with um, a, a parent or in-laws and that's a big one you know for a lot it of is. people is it's in-law relationships and there's a lot of tension there a lot of opportunity for peacemaking um and you know so i think it's like faithful doesn't necessarily always mean it's going to end in a bed of roses. And that's why right. Jesus's message to us is, is what, right? It's, you're going to be blessed. You're going to rejoice and be glad. Rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> because of what's coming in heaven. Right. Right. An eternal reward. And so I think remembering that, like I'm here to please God. I'm not here to please people. To even please myself. Right. That I made, I made, I fixed all these problems. Right. Um, God, what does it mean to be faithful to you, yeah. you know, today? Um, what, what does it look like 
for me in this relationship and this situation to be faithful to you? Um, how, how can I practice peacemaking? Right. How can I pour truth into both parties separately in the opportunities I have and trust you to do what only you can do, which is change hearts and, and bring people together? Only God can do that. Right. Like we can play our part, but it's God that changes hearts. Uh, and that's ultimately what has to happen. And, and our ability to be able to be faithful in that starts with receiving and, and embracing the peace of God in our own heart. I use the Colossians 3 passage, let the peace of God, let it, <laughs> let it, let the peace of God, because it passes understanding. It won't even make sense. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And so with that, it's like going back to childhood out in that big field where when they were turning, they were doing some interstate work on I-4 where I grew up. And there was this giant mountain. I mean, it was huge. You know, those big dirt construction. Mountains? I was about to say, like, this is this. Florida. It wasn't a mountain. Yeah, it was yeah. dirt pile. Yeah, yeah. It would, but it was like 30 feet in the air. Or but something it absolutely like that. Yeah. was a mountain to you as a child. Oh yeah. And there's a, you know, big cutout area where, you know, we as young boys would jump off of it, mm -hmm. you know, and the scaredy cats, we'd pick on them until they jumped off of it. Right, we called them other things, but um, <laughs> anyway, but we play King of the Mountain on there. Right, and um, what's ruling our heart? What, what, who, who's King of the Mountain on our heart? And letting the peace of God rule in those situations, you know, and uh, just saying, God, I want to be faithful to you. I'm, I need for me to be faithful. I need, I need to be in that place. And that's what I love about the life of Esther and and, and where she went with that. You right. know, she just, I need y'all to fast for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I'm gonna fast, and and it was out of that that she could say, "If I perish, I perish. If this doesn't end like I, I want it to, right. so be it. I can live with those results because I've got peace with God. I'm gonna operate out of the peace of God, and uh, and I pray it's gonna bring peace to others. And yeah. um, and it did. It brought peace for her people, and uh, they were able to survive um, genocide. Yeah, it's well, and that's such a. Um, this major thing it was it this is not just that she had peace that if she perished that she perished but that she recognized that if if she perished then that was the will of God mm -hmm. that in this if, if that was what was to happen right she's she's praying and she's fasting and she's pursuing what he wants from her mm -hmm. and so okay okay God you do yeah. what you're what you're going to do and that wasn't just that wasn't just in this conversation with her uncle right yeah. that's not just in this conversation with Mordecai but like this is it's recorded for reason mm -hmm. it's recorded for reason that then when we are in this season in this opportunity to to be a peacemaker that we do go into it like you said with this idea of i want reconciliation I want for everyone to receive what Jesus has for them through this. Like it may, what the enemy would have used for evil, let God turn it for good yeah. in this. Um, but if, if, but I can only do what, what I can do mm -hmm. and let him do the rest. And, yeah. and hopefully, you know, there's receptive hearts all the way around. You sleep good at night. <laughs> you right. know I mean? Hopefully that, that, that's the goal. Um, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes that that's always just been really, important for my journey to just be faithful. Um, I think it's an old Charles Stanley quote that God takes full responsibility. And I may butcher the quote, but <laughs> God takes full responsibility for the life that's wholly devoted to him. Mm -hmm. You know, God takes results of the outcome when we're being faithful, you know? And so 
whatever that comes, you know, um, God takes responsibility for it because we're just, we're walking in obedience to what he's asked us to. Yeah. And we're going to learn in wisdom and realize in which, hey, we were wholly devoted to him, but we were also a little bit stupid how we handle that, right? And we're going <laughs> right. to learn wisdom discernment right. over time. Yeah. Um, and so we're not always going to get it perfect. Um, but but there's where God's love steps in and his Absolutely. grace steps his in. Grace. And um, Romans 8, 28, that he's, gonna, he's still going to work it for good uh, right. in our life and for his glory. And so we, we trust him in that at the yeah. end of the day. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great place to, to wrap up today. Yeah. Guys, we love you. We are praying for you this week. If you have questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, if there's something you'd love to hear us talk about on this podcast, this this is for you. It's beyond Sunday, right? It's it's. We really want to know how we can help you in that Monday through Saturday. So you can email us at info at fathom.church. Let us know what you want to hear about um, on our podcast and know that we are praying for you um, and with you through this week. And we'll see you next week.